1: We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray this morning as we come to the Lord. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and worship you, Father. For this is the day you've made and we're rejoicing and we're glad in it. We're thankful, such a thankful people. So, Lord, as we talk once more about Israel, we ask that you would enlighten our eyes, that you would give us wisdom, and as we get this information, Lord, show us how to use it for your glory. We bless you, we thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, good morning, good morning, and uh, before we get to Israel, let us continue with counting of the Omer, right? Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu melech Haolam, Asher kidshanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu al ha'omer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the first day of the sixth week, and day number 36, that I have counted the Omer. Okay. Now, the scripture for the day from our Counting the Omer booklet, it comes from 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, verses 38 to 40. Uh, great story. Let's read it. Uh, just the scripture, though, not the whole story. Then the fire of Adonai fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood, the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, Adonai, he is God, Adonai, the Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let not a single one of them escape just an amazing part of Scripture, Uh, amazing miracle as uh, Elijah just called upon the Lord and he answered in a miraculous way. So the thought for this particular Scripture uh, and counting the Omer was our God is a miracle-working God. Everything in nature was created by God and even man-made structures Would not be possible without the raw raw materials, the physics, and the knowledge which comes from God. Because God is a miracle-working God. It's amazing. So, the challenge for the day is to write down a big miracle that you've personally witnessed. Or one that someone else has experienced and told you about. And secondly, why do you suppose... We don't see more miracles happening today. Or do we? What a great segue into a little summary from last week on Israel. In 1967, talk about miracles. There was a six-day war that Israel won against Egypt and the uh, Jordan and Syria. But the real miracle was that they regained Jerusalem, the complete city of Jerusalem. And why was that such a miracle? Well, because it was prophetic. It was prophetic. And so in Romans 11.25, it says, I don't want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until... The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in Luke twenty one twenty four, we see when that time is. It says, They will fall on the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So what does that mean? It means that the blinders started coming off in 1967 from the Jewish people and they started accepting the Lord and people like myself who thought they were the only Jewish people in the world. To accept Yeshua as their Messiah, but then we started coming together, and in 1970 was the first Messianic synagogue, um, and and so we see the miraculous of God, God's miracles, not only in Israel, but putting together the Messianic movement. So, let's start from there, which we talked about a little last week, you know. At that time, General Moshe Dayan persuaded the Palestinians to stay in Israel, or the lot of them. And his plan was to give them education and to give them modern medical treatment and to employ them and hopes of, of building a bridge, you know, to the Arab world. But unfortunately, as you know, they uh, refused in 1948 to to have that happen. And so we, in a sense, had all these Arab refugees that were on the borders of Israel in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Now, besides them being refugees, there were refugees also from the Arab countries. And we see Jewish people leaving the Arab countries. I mean, can you believe it? 130,000 Jewish people left Iraq. And 280,000 left Morocco. I mean, that's unbelievable, isn't it? 90,000 left Egypt. So we see... All of a sudden, these Jewish people coming upon Israel and Israel having to learn how to take care of the refugees. Unfortunately, the Arab countries where the refugees fleed from Israel did not take care of their refugees. They kept them as refugees. They kept them poor and used it for political purposes. In fact, in 1968 there was the Palestinian National Charter written. We see in 1973 that the Yom Kippur War uh, happened. And in 1982, we see that Israel sought peace and returned all of Gaza, including uh, the—and all of the Sinai. I'm sorry, not all of Gaza, all of the Sinai, uh, including the oil fields and the air bases, and uh, the hospitals, they gave that all back, which they had built up to Egypt in order to have peace. We know that there were still all these Palestinians in the Golan Heights, in the West Bank, which made it very difficult, but Israel needed that land to be a buffer because you realize that in some parts of parts of Israel, Israel's only between nine and 15 miles wide. And without the West bank, I mean, the enemies could just come at, at will practically. Can you imagine just having a country 15 miles wide I mean, that's like from Tampa to Brandon. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. So you have to understand, Israel kept the Golan Heights in the West Bank in order to preserve the country, to preserve peace. So in 2005, they tried it again. They withdrew from Gaza this time for peace. And of course, they got more war. And then Lebanon War in 2006. Now, here's something that's really important. As you talk to your friends, and if some of them don't understand why Israel has become a nation, um, look at it from a political point of view. None of the Arab nations became nations until the 20th century. I mean, the earliest one was Egypt in 1922. So, th- figuring that Saudi Arabia was in 1932 and Iraq was in 1932 and Lebanon in 43 and Syria in 46 and Jordan in 46, that it's reasonable that Israel would have been 48. I mean, is this. But people think that these countries have been there as countries for centuries, and that's not true. And believe it or not, in 1979 which was, what, 31 years after Israel? Iran became a nation. How about that one? Okay. So Israel's population currently is about 8,300,000. And of that group, about 75% are Jewish, which means 25% aren't. (laughs) Actually, about a little over 20% of those people who are not Jewish, are Arabs. And the other 4.5% are uh, Christians and and others from other uh, religions. Now, overall, um, the population growth, Jewish population grew by 1.7% last year, while the Arab population grew by 2.2%. Now, again, you hear so much about Israel and how they treat the Arab people. Let's take a look at some facts. Number one, approximately 80% of the Arabs living in Israel are Muslim. And they have equal voting rights to the Jewish people. Is that amazing? Not only that... But Arab women are allowed to vote in Israel. They're not allowed to vote in most of the Middle East countries. There are 10 seats in the Knesset. The Knesset is like our Congress or or Parliament. Uh, You know, it's their ruling body. There are 10 seats that Arabs are on in the Knesset. And there are a number of governmental positions that Arabs also have. Do you know that Arabic, like Hebrew, is an official language in Israel? Here's an interesting one. At the time of Israel's founding, there was one Arab high school. Now there are hundreds. More than that, 300,000 Arab children attend Israeli schools. And you will find in the textbooks, there's no negative writings about the Arabs in the Israeli textbooks. Unfortunately, in the Palestinian textbooks, there's all sorts of hate rhetoric against Israel. Now, let's look at a distinction, okay? Jewish citizens must, both men and women, must serve in the Israeli army. Arab citizens are not required to be in the Israeli army. Why? Because Israel felt that if there were times when uh, there were going to be uh, war against various Arab nations, they didn't want to force Arabs to fight against other Arabs. How is that for being sensitive? However, many Arabs have volunteered and have become part of the Israeli armed forces, which is called the IDF. Um, now, there are Jews and Arabs that live separately in most of the uh, most of Israel, but some are uh together with the Jewish people in um uh, larger cities like um, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Also, Israeli Arabs face conflicts as Palestinians in a Jewish state because on one hand, many of them are very loyal to Israel. On the other hand, they feel they have to also be loyal to the Palestinians. So it puts them between Iraq and and a hard place. Many of the Arabs have learned Hebrew as a second language. And the Israeli culture has been something that many Arabs have received and have tried to put in their own towns and villages. So in 2002, the Israeli Supreme Court ruled that government land could not be allocated because of religion or ethnicity or making it that any Arabs can choose whatever land they want to live in, you know, to, to uh, rent it or whatever. But in 1996, the Palestinian Authority said that they banned the sale of Arab and Muslim property to Jews— And if you violated that order, you would be killed. And at at least seven people the year of 1996 were killed for selling land to Jewish people. just trying to point out to you, you know, what you read in the newspapers and what you might hear is not necessarily true. When Israel captured the West Bank and the Gaza Strip in 1967, Israel improved the conditions for Palestinians so that under Jordan they were starving and poor, but under Israel there were universities opened and hospitals and modern conveniences, and they got jobs in agriculture. I mean, more than 100,000 Palestinians became employed in Israel and are paid the same wages as Israeli workers. And so that stimulated growth. Now, honestly, when there was a rise in uh, terrorism, Palestinian terrorism, Israel had to take uh, procedures to stop too many Palestinians from coming into Israel. But that was based on the terrorism, and recently they've tried to uh, loosen the reins a bit, but this created some problems economically for the Palestinians. But the summary of all of this is when you hear news reports that talk about Israel, please put it into context. Know the facts. Pray and understand what's currently going on. An example is in Israel, uh, in the UN, Israel has been condemned more than any other country in the world. Even countries that systematically kill their own citizens have not been condemned as much as Israel in the United Nations. Yet, Israel has been with the US about 90% of the time. Voted with Israel, while countries like Great Britain, France, and Canada, only about 75%, and obviously Arab nations, far less. Finally, I just want to mention, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but there's something called BDS, which was started in 2005 by Palestinian civil authority. And it stands for Boycotts, Divestment, and Sanctions Against Israel. And basically what it says is we're going to try and hurt Israel economically. Or if you're not going to go with us, we'll try and hurt you economically. (laughs) So you'd say, well, okay, uh, who's going to do this? Well, how about the Presbyterian Church? Yeah, they they actually have voted um to to have this bDS in other words, sanctions against Israel, and not only that, but they are sanctioning contra- uh, uh, other corporations who are dealing with Israel, so they are divesting from those corporations. It is really, really hard to believe, but you know what's harder to believe? In our own area, there is tremendous anti-Israel, anti-Jewish sentiment. It was actually a, um, a billboard near USF a couple years ago, and it said 10,000 students silenced end USF investments in Israel Israeli apartheid. Can you imagine that? And the reason that was is because ten thousand signatures were signed against Israel. It's it's just amazing. And if it were not for the state um legislators USF would st- stop doing business with Israel, but they stopped that. Uh, other colleges that are dealing with this, I mean, there almost every college is dealing with this issue right now. And to give you an example, Princeton had a recent um, election concerning uh, Israel and divestment and 47% voted for divestment, and 52% were against. That's pretty close, wouldn't you say? That means that almost 48% of the population in Princeton wanted to stop dealing with Israel. It gets worse. Stanford University voted to have a, a resolution against Israel. University of California, UCLA, a resolution to divest corporations engaged in violence against Palestinians was passed. So there are universities all over the United States that have come against Israel because of this BDS movement. What can we do? We can pray. Psalm one twenty two six says, "Pray for the peace of Yerushalayim, or Jerusalem. May those who love you be at peace. May, may there be shalom, or peace, within your walls, quietness within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I say." shalom be within you for the sake of the house of the lord our god i will seek your good that's what scripture says about israel i will seek your good isaiah 62 one says for zion's sake i will not keep silent for jerusalem's sake i will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a blazing torch has that happened yet then we need to not keep silent. You know, we've talked about this for weeks now. Never forget, never again, and never be silent. So can I ask you as believers in Scripture to support Israel, not because they're perfect. The United States isn't perfect either, and we support the United States, right? We are to support Israel. We are to bless Israel and we can be assured that when we bless israel as it says in genesis 12:3 we too will be blessed well time's up If you can help us financially with this program, we'd be blessed. If you would call Karen at 813-831-5673, let her know that you want to support this program, that would be fantastic. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Would you join me as we close in prayer? Abba, Father.
0: The God of Israel